It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the CFPs on the program. Coincidentally, I have two two CFPs with me in the studio right now. CFP CPA Ryan Fair, special guest today, and across from me, CFP Kevin Corhorn. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. There are some meaningful. <laughs> Don't mention it. <laughs> <laughs> There's some meaningful changes or updates to the tax code for this year that you need to be aware of before you file your 2021 tax return. So, what are they, and what's the clarity that you need to confidently file your return this year? Uh, we're going to welcome back our special guest, uh, one of the most special of the special guests, wow. CPA Ryan Fair, to talk us through those changes and more on this Hour of the Wise Money Show. That's right. If you have questions or honestly, if you if you have needs, right, you can reach out to us, uh, you know, consult with Ryan for any tax advice or or uh, do planning, all that sort of stuff. We're here to help. You can you can call or text us 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000 online wisemoneyshow.com and then all over social media that's where most engagement comes from you can find us on youtube facebook wherever just search the wise money show okay so the wise money show is about financial planning in the six areas of your financial life that need to be integrated so that you can make great decisions now tax planning is one of those areas and that is getting proactive about your tax situation identifying ways to be more planful <laughs> Kevin, uh, <laughs> in your tax situation, Kevin confessed before the show that's one of his least favorite words. Yes. Planful? Yes. So I'm going to see. I'm at two right now. I'm yep, at two. By, we'll see. By far. Okay. And uh, But tax preparation is connected to tax planning, but they're different, right? Tax preparation is getting the right number in the right box, sort of reactive. And, and planning is proactive. Well, we're going to do a little bit of both today. And, and in the spirit of that, talk through some of the unique tax situations that present themselves this year with Ryan Fair. Let's start with crypto, Ryan. I mean, okay. it's, it, I don't know, maybe 2020 was the year of crypto, but 2021 certainly had a lot of popularity. And now as you're doing your tax return, what do you need to do? Yeah, I think 2021 is more of the year of crypto. You think from so? What, yeah, from, uh, from what I've seen, it's only going... Uh, not necessarily the value, but the uh, the. Uh... <laughs> okay, right. never mind. Okay, so yeah, crypto. So yeah, this year is a a new year for crypto, and um, lots more people have been involved with it this last year, and so we're finding more and more people that come in and say, "Hey, I did this stuff with crypto. What do I need to do tax wise?" So uh, all the crypto trades are treated just like capital gains, uh, like stocks. Yeah. So that means you have to know your cost basis when you sell or convert or do something with that crypto. If you're only buying the crypto and holding it in your account, not doing anything else with it except waiting for it to go up, that's fine. No tax problems there. It's when you sell or convert or use that crypto that it is a trigger for taxes. So the, the well, I want to ask you first, there's a question though right at the top of the 1040 saying, yeah. well, did you do anything with crypto? Do you know how to spell it? Right. And and if you answer yes to that, then what are the implications? Anything? I have no idea. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's just, so you get on the IRS's you know, Exactly. Yeah. List. So it's a really important question. So important that they've moved it to the very front page of the tax return. It's one of the 
you know, few questions that are on the front page of the tax return. And do you want to donate to the election or exactly. whatever? Exactly. Right. $3 dollars of the presidential election fund. So, but, but there's, but are you serious? There's no subsequent form or that doesn't open up some other schedule that you need to file? It does not. What? So, yeah. So it does so not. So they purely just want to be on your radar. Right. It's, I think or so. Or you that, to be on their yeah, radar. So you get on their radar by doing that, which again, if you're following the rules, it's not bad to be on their radar. Um, the problem is yeah, reporting is. is okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but uh, reporting is not the same right now for crypto as it is for all of the investments. You like, mean the infrastructure isn't built yet, right. such that these, you know, where you buy it, right, is going to be reporting. That was one thing. Uh, there's there is some misconception out there. Hey, I own crypto, or I bought some through Binance or Coinbase or whatever, right. and I'm waiting on my tax form. Yep, keep waiting. Or, hey, they didn't send me a tax form. It must not have to do anything about it, which yeah. is wrong. If if a tree doesn't fall in the woods, <laughs> if a tree did, falls any, in the- did anyone hear it? <laughs> nope. Okay. If it doesn't fall, then yes, yeah, no one heard it. Right. So, <laughs> so cryptocurrency, so we're talking about decentralized currency, and the IRS ruled in 2014 that they're going to treat it as property. So that's why we're dealing with capital gains instead of so, and it's interesting because if you do buy it on an exchange, if you buy Ethereum or, or Bitcoin, or there's lots of different ones that you could buy. But if you buy it on an exchange like Coinbase or BlockFi or yeah. uh, a lot of these uh, places will pay you interest mm-hmm. if you hold it there. Mm-hmm. Right. So is that interest showing up on a tax form or are these companies just saying we're not sending tax forms right now? I believe the only tax form that I've seen or heard of is the 1099 miscellaneous that firms like Coinbase will issue if they have over $600 worth of like rewards. So rewards, Coinbase, for example, so I have a Coinbase account. I go and learn about a certain new coin that's on on Coinbase Mm -hmm. and they will give you a dollar or $3 worth of that token for learning about it. And so if you accumulate dollars like that, that's taxable income that you have to put on your tax return. Now, I mean, some of you listening are very familiar with cryptocurrencies. Others are rolling your eyes at what Ryan just said. You're going to get special (laughs) rewards for learning about others. Boy, this thing sure sounds like a racket. Okay. Uh, So, yes, the interest that you earn, all of that activity is taxable. It's yep. just not you you most of them are not sending out tax forms. Right. So Coinbase, for example, like I said, I have a Coinbase account, so I'm most familiar with that one. Yeah. They will they provide you something you can download that they call it a tax report that does show some of the realized gains and losses, but it's not a formal IRS Yeah. They, and they're not sending it to the IRS. Correct. Yeah. So it's on you. So I, I think that the big point with this is a lot of these companies, these exchanges or wherever you're holding your account, they're not this year. Next year, probably. Yeah. Most of them have said by the time next year rolls around, we'll have our act together. Yep. But this year, most are not sending out tax forms. That doesn't mean it's not taxable. Okay. Right. It, you still have you still have to re- report that stuff. 
Um, and so you've got to figure out what your basis is. If you have enjoyed the volatility that cryptocurrency offers by investing a little bit every week or every month or something like that, coming up with your cost base is going to be a little bit trickier. Mm -hmm. Like the old days when you were, you know, doing dividend reinvestment in your mm -hmm. in, in some stock. Um, but legally, you gotta you gotta do that. You gotta figure that out. If you didn't sell anything, right? No big deal. But if you sold a little bit, you gotta figure that out and report it on your tax return. Report it on Schedule D. Yep, Schedule D, just like stock transactions. So on that note, real quick, we there are companies out there that are entering the market to help figure all that cost basis stuff. Oh. And so like our yeah, because our public record in a way, right? Yeah. Everything. No, you still have to link your account, like okay. Coinbase and stuff. So, so we've we're using a company called Legible. Uh, it's a web company that you can put in like your Coinbase credentials, and it will consolidate all of that information and provide real tax forms or or copies of real tax forms, uh, like to give to your preparer, so that we can we can prepare it. So it it will actually track and record all of your basis and buys and sells transactions. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and and I would just encourage you to make sure you're you're reporting this correctly because it it will happen three years after the fact when their technology gets right. right. This stuff's going to get reported, and then they're going to go back and look at your return, and you're going to get a little nasty gram in the mail saying, "Hey, you didn't report this three years ago. Yeah, pay up." Okay, so I've got a couple more questions that we're going to hit in just a moment, Ryan, about cryptos and non-fungible tokens. But then we're going to talk about other changes going on in the tax world that you need to be aware of. So that and more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Okay, did you, did you do anything with cryptocurrency last year? Uh, what about repaying a coronavirus-related distribution? There's several tax changes you need to be aware of before you file re your return. That's what we're talking about right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and special guest, CFP CPA Ryan Fair. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. All right, Ryan, we're, we're wrapping up. Let's wrap up the crypto discussion. Okay. What if you hold crypto not in on an exchange or platform or whatever? You just hold it in cold storage. Like, is there anything that you can... Mike, that's way too black market for me. <laughs> I, I have no idea. But um, but ultimately, if you're... If you sell it, well, it's like, a, yeah. you've got to be you, tracking your basis. If you hold it in cold storage, if you, if you held it January 1st and you held the same thing... December 31st, it's a non-event. It's a non-event. Right. You you need to be aware of your basis because it's yep. not like, well, I'm holding it, uh, you know, off the grid. Right. So therefore, I'm off the grid from a tax standpoint. No, you got to be aware of your cost basis. Yep. It's just if you sell anything. Correct. Even if you held it in cold storage at some point. Yep. And then you you sort of confess this during the break, but NFTs, yeah, any idea? <sighs> no. I mean, that is still a little... That's wild, wild a west. Little, a little wild. Uh, although, you know, just... Google. Well, this whole metaverse and buying virtual yeah. real estate and if crazy. I'm I'm assuming you know NFTs are basically art, and if you sell it, you're gonna and there's all sorts of exchanges now where you can trade these things like like baseball cards. I mean, that's gonna be the same thing. You're gonna have to report that stuff. Yeah. So anyway, just like the real players, and I mean baseball cards is sort of silly example, but real players that are you know Mickey Mantle, Mickey Mantle, like rookie minted, all that sort of stuff. Like 
yeah, if you're a big player there, you're going to be reporting that stuff on your taxes. And same with some of these NFTs as well. So, and, and a little pro tip here. If you hold it in cold storage, make sure someone, at least one person, at least you, know your password. <laughs> because there's a, there's a German-born programmer living in San Francisco who has two guesses left. This is an old article, so who knows if he's made those guesses by now. But he, he, his password was going to unlock $220 million of crypto. And if he, if he can't do it, he'll... It's gone. Yeah. That's uh, that is one of the many reasons why I don't dabble in that play, that space at the moment. Okay, let's go to something a little bit more conventional, although still feels absolutely insane. Okay, and that is a a repaying a coronavirus related distribution. So this is a unique tax rule that was opened up uh, was a CARES Act mm-hmm. uh, that allowed you to during the pandemic dip your hand into a a retirement account, draw dollars out, and avoid the 10% tax penalty. Okay, fantastic. But in addition to that, you were allowed to stretch the taxation of that distribution over three years, a little bit in 20, or a third in 2020, a third in 2021, a third in 2022. And if you say, okay, well, that's unique. There's one final unique Mm -hmm. factor or situation with this, and that is at any time you could choose, at any time during those three years, you could say, you know, I didn't really need this money. I'm going to put it all back. So sort of like that 60-day rollover idea, but uh, I'm not even going to do that math. Three-year rollover. A three-year rollover. So for those of you, let's first hit for those of you that said, yeah, I want to put some of this money back. I really didn't need it. Um, how does how does the repayment of that work on your taxes? Uh, yeah, so the repayment means amendments of tax returns. Right. So so that's the the real trick. You can wait three years and decide to put it back in three years from the time that you or the day after that you originally took it out of the IRA. And we're not talking small dollar amounts either. This is you up, could to do up to hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh, distribution and and get this treatment. Um, so basically you put it back in anytime in that next three years, if you've already paid taxes on a third of it in the first year or two thirds of it in yep. the first and second year, you have to go back and amend those two years tax returns. But from a tax standpoint, that's huge. Like you, you want to amend those returns because yeah, it's, it's a, a big, huge big refund. Yeah. 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 Or decrease in tax. So. Is there anything, a special tax form where you basically say, hey, listen, I'm repaying this or, yeah. or is it just a normal 5498? No, there is a, well, there's a, there's a special tax form that we have to do as preparers that calculates the third, a third, a third, the repayment plan. Okay. Um, but I, I don't think there's any special tax forms. Like there's not going to be additional 1099 R's that are distributed except for that first year. Yeah. So it's all on the taxpayer to to know that they need to repay that third. Yep. And uh, yeah. Well, listen, so you, you've got all year or, or, well, you've got all year or is it you've got up until, is it exactly to the day you took the distribution three years? Yes. Okay. Well, so depending on if you did this, of course, if you didn't, then, you know, this is just uh fun cocktail party discussion. Right. Um, if you if you did, you've got still likely some time this year to choose to say, yeah, you know, I didn't need I didn't need this money. I will put it back and then and then amend. If you already put some of it back in 2021, be aware that you're gonna, you know, need to amend your 2020 return and, and all that. And all of this you've got to be doing I would encourage you to be doing tax planning 
with. Yes. I mean, right. You have like, to. Yeah. If you think, hey, maybe I should pay this thing back, the first question is to your CFP to say, hey, what what would this look like? Right. Or or should is this a great use of this cash or should we do something else or whatever? And one of the questions you should ask your CFP is where should I pay it back to? If I took a corona-related distribution out of my 401k, I don't have to put it back in my 401k. That's right. And so I would want to know that and know what my options are, and I would want to talk to someone who could help me and not just say, well, I don't give tax advice. Go talk to someone else. Yeah, which we we get a lot of new folks calling us saying, can you help because Mm -hmm. my advisor just gave that exact response, which mm-hmm. is, uh, we don't help with that. What about partial, right? People can pay back the partial, yeah. right? It, sure. If you took 100000 out and you say, well, I've only got 98000 No, no. I've only got 50000 that I could put back in. You could do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway. And then the other thing I'd remind you for in regards to these coronavirus-related distributions, if you withheld taxes on this thing, yeah. all of those tax withholdings landed in 2020. Therefore, a third of that withdrawal is going to show up as taxable income on 2021 with no withholdings on it unless you you applied this massive refund that you got. But again, in 2020, early 2021, we were still in this pandemic. You might have thought, well, I've got this massive refund. Give it to me. You know, yeah. I, I need it. Well, it's going to be a tax surprise when you file your return mm-hmm. this year. So be be aware of that. All right. Uh, another another situation another unique thing for your 2021 taxes are is the stimulus you might say wait a second i heard the last stimulus didn't go through i I know it didn't but we're talking about the one from march of 2021 Mm -hmm. feels like forever ago yep how's that impact taxes right so yeah so we're talking about the third stimulus called eip3 and so on your so just like the prior two stimulus uh, payments eip3 was a prepayment of a 2021 tax credit and so that was the one that they sent $1,400 per person on the tax return to the recipients. Um, and they have to reconcile that on their tax return. So if your income was too high, you may not have qualified for the entire $1,400 per person. So we do need to know exactly how much you received. And then if your income changed between 20 and 21, when we file your 2021 tax return, if your income went back down, you can qualify for the rest of that 1400 that you were phased yeah. out of the, the year before. So yeah, we got to reconcile it on this tax return. Luckily, the IRS did finally send out letters in uh, early February that told everybody exactly how much they received for the stimulus payment. The only somewhat wild card is they reported it's two letters, one to each spouse, that reports half of the stimulus payment on each spouse. Once you receive those letters, (laughs) you need to double check, make sure that is what you received, and then make sure that you give those letters to your tax preparer with all of your other documents. Several other tax changes you need to be aware of. We're hitting that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Did you get a stimulus last year? Were you supposed to, but didn't get all of it? What about child tax credits? Did you get some of those in advance? How do you reconcile all that? We're helping you with it right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name's Mike Bernard with me in the KFG studio. Special guest, CFP, CPA, Ryan Fair, and of course, Kevin Corhorn. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast. Wherever you listen, just check us out. Search the Wise Money Show, subscribe to it, and I would, I would ask that you rate the program as well. 
that uh, we appreciate that feedback. Helps other people find us as well. So so wherever you listen to podcasts, find a Wise Money Show and and rate it there. Okay, so Ryan, we're talking about if you got a stimulus and, and how that works and all that sort of stuff. And the unique thing that we left off on was if you received a stimulus payment, these stimulus just, by the way, they're, they're tax credits that are paid out to you in advance, depending on if the IRS thinks you're going to be eligible. Okay. And that eligibility is based on your previously filed tax return, blah, blah, blah. If you received one, and then when you file your tax return, your income is too high and you actually shouldn't have. You got to pay that thing back? No. Okay. If you didn't receive one or only received a partial mm-hmm. and you file your tax return and that's correct, then what do you do? You'll get more. No, you talk to your CFP and figure uh, out how I, can I how can I reduce my adjusted that was a trick, trick question. Man, how on. can I reduce <laughs> my adjusted gross income? Is there anything I can do? Listen, this fourteen hundred dollar uh stimulus. I only got 400. Is there anything I can do to give to get me the rest of it? And you're going to want to sit down with a certified financial planner and say, what options do I have to reduce my adjusted gross income before we file this thing? And one of the most amazing things about the about filing your tax return is you can actually tell Ryan or state, hey, I, I will make that contribution to my IRA before April 15 and let's file the return as if I did it already. And in many ways, and now this is going to, I was going to lead in and intentionally, oh, no. you can get that refund before April 15 and then take that refund that you received and use that as your money to contribute to your IRA or HSA. You just got to be careful with that this year because mm-hmm. millions of dollars of refunds were delayed last year. Yeah, that's that's where I I would not count on that, right? Because if I'm contributing to something that's going to reduce my income, which is going to increase my stimuli, I am I'm delaying my refund. So I might even strike that last comment from the record, Mike, and say, "Don't count on your refund to help you fund your IRA contribution." Ryan, as the uh, I'm going to strike that comment from the record, Kevin. <laughs> easy, boys, easy. Well, so the IRS had it, uh, let's just say, egg on their face last year yeah. for how awful their refund processing was. And they started this tax season by saying, hey, we're going to be awful again, so get ready. Well, but listen, I also think it's, it's very possible. It's very possible the government and the media are working together because there have Uh-oh. been there have been some media reports out there saying how the IRS has their act together and they're issuing these record there's these rocket refunds or these crazy stuff. Did, uh, that hasn't been our experience did, just yet. No. The yeah. commissioner came out and said Last year was terrible. This year is going to be terrible as well. So, and the reason Dude, I'm telling you, the, the IRS is the Detroit Lions of, of governmental <laughs> oh, wow. agencies, and I'm a Lions fan. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, uh, but here's the thing: you might say, "Well, well, why? Why is the IRS so bad?" Well, listen, uh, you've got all of these tax credits that are being paid out in advance based on some assumptions, and and it's not just the stimulus payments this year. The other thing that was a tax credit that was paid out to you in advance is the first federal attempt at universal basic income, and that is these child tax credits. Yep. And so to me, all along, I actually on the Wise Money Show, the YouTube channel, I've been saying refunds are going to be terrible again this year, guys. You just, you know, don't rely on this money coming in quickly and make sure you're doing proactive tax planning so you're not sitting on this enormous refund and whatever, because 
these child tax credits were paid out in advance as well, and rec- reconciling that's going to be a nightmare. Yep. Ryan, explain the advanced child tax credit, how that thing worked. So yeah, the advanced child tax credit. So first, for 2021, they've increased the child tax credits. So prior years, uh, recently it was $2,000 per child under the age of 17. This year, they've raised that to $3,000 per child that's under 18, 18. which was a, a, a change. But then if they're under age six, they also get, it, it, it not also, but it, their credit increases to $3,600 per child. As long as your income is below certain thresholds. Correct. Like $150 for married joint, yep. $112, $500 for had a household. Yep. And for some strange reason, there's also a limit for single individuals, which I'm not sure how that works if you're trying to claim a child. Is that uh, possible? Yeah, you can claim a child, but they... And still file single, not head of household? Right. Because oh, the, okay. they're not the custodial Got parent it. in that case, but the... Yeah. If your income's above those thresholds, then you start losing your that that uh, that child tax credit. It starts going down, and then once, it, once your income reaches a certain level, that child tax credit plateaus at the old 2000, 2000 level until your income gets really high and then it starts phasing out again. So Kevin and I would tell you, and Ryan too, tell you, this is all reason for tax planning. Yeah. That mm-hmm. means you've got to take a look and say, well, did I get all the child tax credit that I could have gotten? And if not, is there anything I can do to get more of it? Yeah. That is, that's something you need to do before you file your tax return this year. Now, let me tell you a little bit about my experience with this advanced child tax credit. <laughs> I went in, scanned my face, did the retina scan, did all this crazy stuff to opt out of it. Didn't work. Um, it, I, apparently, Cindy needed to do that, too. And she yep. was like, I'm not, giving, I'm not giving the government my face. So um, <laughs> we, we've never we've never gotten a paper check from the IRS. It's always been direct deposit. But that first month in February, we got a paper check of the wrong amount. The next month, we got a higher amount, direct deposit. The next month, we got a higher amount, direct deposit. And then the final three months were like 50 bucks, $32 and $31, like the most insane. So if they were really trying to benefit people and make sure that they got some income and, uh, and so that they could cover hmm. their bills, Ryan, it was the most, like when I got the letter from the IRS saying, this is how much you got, I was excited. I was like, I got you. There's no way this is right. You messed up. I knew it. What a train wreck. And I go in and I add up all these random amounts and it's like, oh yeah, that number is right. Well, dude, just tell me you ran out and spent that $31 to stimulate the economy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Family trip to McDonald's. Yeah, really. No, it doesn't even, that yeah, doesn't go. Okay, so um, child independent care credit. Yeah. Wait, can, well, we, can we just finish that? You just put a bow on that one? So it, it, the, the, the credits went from 2000 to either three or 3600 Correct. For 21. Yep. And 22. Back to 2000 Okay. They're going to try and fight it. They've been trying to fight it. It just not hasn't you mean to yet. increase it to, permanently to, yeah or? to permanently increase yeah. it and and i listen i have been on record on the wise money show saying they're gonna they're gonna permanently keep this in place and as of now i am wrong i still have faith that i will be right not because i want them to do it i just i think well, there's an election coming up though too i know i know we'll see yeah we'll see okay well uh good thing we don't talk about religion or politics <laughs> yeah. That's right. okay okay um child independent care Credit real quick, Ryan. How yeah, does that thing work? So they increase the child independent care credit. So this is the daycare or before and after school care credit. Um, old rules, meaning 2020, uh, you could use up to three thousand dollars per child. 
with for single person single child 6000 for two or more children you could use that to calculate your child tax credit so think of one month's worth of child care <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay. so they did come through this year and raised for one child, the limit is up to $8,000 worth of expenses. Two or more children, up to $16,000 worth of expenses. So that's huge. But then the other huge kicker is the percentage that they allow you to take as a credit. Used to be about 35% was the max. They've raised the credit of 50% of those mm-hmm. larger child tax credit amounts. And they've expanded the income bands as well, making right. it such that you actually might be able to get 50%. So yeah. you you could get an $8,000 tax credit so huge all right and is that a refundable credit fully refundable oh okay so we've got more tax issues that we're going to be hitting with ryan that more coming up on the wise money show with corhorn financial group this is wise money with corhorn financial group Thanks for being with us today. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and special guest, CFP CPA, Ryan Fair. We've been talking through some various tax questions. He's been helping with that. Uh, every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. Lots of other content there as well. So go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show and, uh, and, and follow us there. And you can, you know, Add comments there, questions. Lots of people do. When you ask those questions, they come into a question bank queue, which I'm hoping to hit some here in this segment. So we'll see. Uh, Let's start, Ryan, with a couple other tax changes or things that people need to be aware of before they file their return. And there's 2021 is the last year for this universal charitable tax deduction as well, right? Yeah. So they added it it for the 2020 tax return where they allowed you to take up to $300 worth of charitable deduction, even if you did not itemize your deductions. So with the increased standard deduction, many people or most people don't itemize deductions anymore. And so this was kind of an extra kicker that they allowed people to deduct up to 300, even if you didn't itemize. So 2021, they changed that a little bit. They increased it for joint returns where you can do up to $600 worth of charitable uh, contribution and deduct that even if you don't itemize deductions. Mm-hmm. So it's still 300 for single, up to 600 for uh, married returns. And they move the place where that deduction is right. on the tax return. Right, so. they moved it back over to the by the standard deduction amount instead yeah. of uh, on the front page like it was. For most of you, we've talked about this several times on the Wise Money Show. That's that's not a, I mean, that's not, if you did that and there's no other tax planning around it, make sure you're capturing that deduction. But if you're charitably inclined, you're going to want to work with your CFP on what are the best ways to make those charitable donations. I know you're not making those charitable donations just for the taxes. I know that. But I also know that you're likely a better steward of those resources than the IRS. Therefore, be as planful, that's three, Mm. as possible (laughs) when you're making your charitable contributions. Speaking of, Ryan, I'm going to put you on the hot seat here. Okay. Volunteer miles. Yeah. That does not count for the three and 600 thing, <laughs> okay, if that's no. where you're going. But <laughs> So, no, the, the three and 600, that is an important distinction that I didn't talk about. That's only like cash and check contributions. So it's not going to Goodwill and donating goods, um, it, and it's not for charitable mileage. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, if you itemize your deductions on Schedule A, you can deduct charitable, charitable miles driven. Okay. So I deduct that on my federal return. Yep. Not my state. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And, but if I 
if part of the if the part of the six hundred was four in Indiana was four hundred given to a college, yeah, then I do get the fifty percent credit on the state. Yes, nice. You, you but can, you have to reduce your federal buyback. Credit. No way. Yep. <laughs> Really? Yeah. yeah. So if you if you donate a hundred bucks to Bethel or a, a university yeah. in Indiana, yeah, yeah. you get a. So what did I say? You donate a hundred bucks, you get a fifty dollar credit. You have to reduce your federal charitable contribution by fifty bucks. By oh. fifty, not by the full hundred. Right, not the whole hundred, just uh, the fifty that you get back. Yeah. It's so uh, simple. It, so yeah. okay, so we. I know the YouTube audience watches there all, all across the United States. Uh, on the radio here, it's Indiana, Michigan. And I'll tell you, I mean, what is it? Uh, uh, maybe 50 to 100 returns a year where we're catching issues that prior returns mm -hmm. or prior mm -hmm. preparers made when they were trying to reconcile. Well, I live in one state, but I work in another. Um, I mean, it, it's just that it, that can be confusing. And it's often a very fun yeah. <laughs> mistake to catch because you did it on TurboTax or you yeah. did it yourself or you went to someone that was in the neighborhood and was just going to charge you a hundred bucks to do your return. They're going to, they're going to make this mistake. Right. And so if, if you find that mistake, you likely can go back three years. So the moral of the story is if you live in one state and work in another, make sure you're getting great help and even ask, ask your tax preparer, Hey, can you help me understand this? And I, I just need to know that it was handled properly. Yeah, yeah for sure. And, and th think about those kiddos of yours, those young adult kids that are filing their taxes for the first time or something like that, and they might have that issue and, and whatever and had some withholdings, but they really don't owe that tax, blah, blah, blah. So any anything else from a tax standpoint that would be helpful to hit or any any changes? Uh, one that I've seen, they, they the IRS broadened their... Uh, earned income credit yeah. again for this year. And okay. so they've expanded that to include more people and include higher income limitations. So more people are getting more earned income credit. Um, it's geared towards the lower the lower income families um, yep. with, with children, but now they've increased it. So even if you don't have children, uh, you can qualify for it. And it's just an incentive to get out and work, have earning earnings. Yeah. All right, let's jump into the question bank here. Again, got a comment question from Jack on the YouTube channel. This is a couple months ago, but we, we've sort of hit it already. Let's let's go into it. Um, here's what he asked. Where would someone go to repay the money borrowed from a coronavirus-related distribution? There's really no notes on the procedure from the IRS how to pay it back. Uh, every website gives you three options, uh, but it ends there. No one's talking about this. Thank you, and great episode. I um, so, Kevin, this touches on what you mm -hmm. brought up earlier about, well, where can you, you – you withdrew the money from one account. You can redeposit it into another like-kind tax-sheltered account. Yeah, if you, right? if you withdrew it from your 401K – I mean, here's a scenario. I withdrew it from my 401K, and I don't work at that company anymore. Right. And that, that 401K isn't even open. So you, I withdrew it from my 401k. I put it back into an IRA. Mm -hmm. Now, as soon as I did that, I also said to my tax preparer, hey, can you amend my returns? Yeah. Because my returns illustrated that I actually took the money out. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is, but, but be aware, you can't take that money out of your 401k or your IRA and put it back into your Roth IRA. Right. If you could, 
I'm going to have you manage my money uh, because that would be pretty sneaky. Right. No, that's a two-step process, right? You yeah. put it back into your traditional IRA and, and then, then convert, convert it. it if yeah. that's what you want to do. Right. And then from a tax standpoint, Ryan, there's no special form or anything you need to fill out. It's just you got to amend returns and kind of acknowledge that, hey, I repaid this thing. Yeah. And that's, again, there's no forms that are, I mean, we might catch it or we might be able to see it on a 5498 that shows a rollover contribution that might trigger a question from us. But a lot of time, I mean, that's truly dependent on the taxpayer, tax preparer communication to voluntary to compliance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that one's in your favor. To yeah. comply, then tell them that you repaid or tell us that you yes. repaid. Yes, oh, for sure. For sure. Because the, the interesting thing is, Mike, I just started geeking out when you were talking about this. So if I if I took the money. I have that effect on people. If I took the money and put it back in my traditional IRA, and I would rather pay taxes in this year versus the year that I took it out, then I convert it and bring the tax bill hmm. interesting. here. Interesting, Yeah. Right. Yep. That's some of the creative. I mean, we've shared before, so this should be no surprise. When you're doing tax planning, you need a multi-year tax projection at this point. To Not because we can accurately predict everything that's going to happen with the tax code out there in the future, but we can get a pretty make some pretty good assumptions about what's going to happen with your income over the next couple of years. And based on that, that sometimes can reveal, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's invite some income into this upcoming year or this next year. That'd be a good year to pay some tax because this other income's going away or, or, or what have you. So yeah. do that tax planning. Tax planning. And, and I one of my roles here at Corhorn Financial Group is to meet with new clients, people that want to start working uh, with the firm. And there are six areas of financial planning. Tax planning is one of them. And I, I would say nine and a half out of 10 people that I ask, who helps you with your tax planning? They, it's the kind of the deer in the headlight stare, like, well, we we get our taxes prepared, and that's important too for compliance yep. purposes. But the tax planning is crucial. All right, Ryan, I'm going to stump you. Oh, I don't, great. I don't crack my knuckles, but if I did, <laughs> you'd be hearing, yeah, I got you. Okay. All right. So this one came in a while ago. I've been keeping it keeping it in the holster for uh, just just for this <sighs> such occasion. Bring it. So my brother and I inherited mom's house six years ago. Okay. Okay. Chew on that. Got it. He's lived there for six <laughs> years. Okay. When we sell it, will I owe capital gains? My goodness. Wow. Like that is a Rubik's Cube. Number one, listen, if you inherited, if you and your brother inherited a house from mom and he's going to live there, Get your name off of that thing. It's brother's house. Have your brother buy you out. I, I know, but a lot of times the brother that's living in mom's house may not have the resources yep. or mm-hmm. the or the credit mm-hmm. or whatever to get so not not all the time, but that's that's quite so let's talk about what happened there. When I inherit a house, whatever mom's basis was, so mom paid ten thousand dollars for the house that was worth a hundred and fifty when she died. When she died, there's a step up in basis. Mm-hmm. So, her the, the my basis now in the mom's basis was ten thousand because I inherited it from her. I get the step up in basis. My basis is, is mom's date of death value on the house one hundred and fifty. Yeah. So from six years ago, the house 
Well, let me guess. For five years, it was worth 150, 150, 150, 150, yeah. 150, 450,000. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a, uh, I saw a stat that in the month of November 2021, there were no houses in the United States that sold for less than $200,000. Now, I have no idea if that's a source. I read that's it on impossible. Twitter. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I didn't okay. read it on Twitter. But from a credible source, no, crazy. Not no true. Way. Yeah. Not okay. Fake, fake news. So, brother owns half the house. S- assume there's an increase. Brother would have to report capital gains on that I half, right? I sure think so. He hasn't been living in it. So, so brother that's been living in it can claim the exemption, right? You, uh, I've lived in it for two out of the past five years, and therefore I can exclude up to 250000 of capital gain. The one that's not living there, I, that's what I'm sticking with. That's I'm, what my gut would say. Yeah, I'm quick claiming. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> yeah. a gift, though. You still have to file a gift tax return, but that would be... Well, okay, so yeah. so, so, so go into that. Don't look at a gift house I, in the mouth. <laughs> gift house in the mouth. Horse. Wow. Oh, it's, no, oh, it's no. Gift house, get it? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Come on, Mike. Even worse. <laughs> no kidding. Okay, so we don't even we don't Very even funny. have time to to get into another question. So Kevin, just just share what you just said, sort of under yeah. your breath. Got brother could gift his poor his half of the house to other brother. Yes. Yeah. This is this is a time where creativity is required because we don't know if you're if if the house is in a market where there's amazing appreciation, then you might want to figure out a way to hop on one foot pat your head and rub your belly and and yeah. try to avoid uh, paying any any kind of taxes. Uh, brother that didn't live there quit claiming the deed to brother that did or his portion thereof might be part of the solution. And and it it's more complicated than that. Um, but that's that would that's the start. I, I mean, would. certainly, if you find yourself in this unique situation, you're going to want to talk to a financial planner who's working with a CPA. Likely, if you just call a CPA, they're going to say tax done. You know, that's it. I'll file mm-hmm. your return. Uh, let Get me figure out how you can pay the most possible taxes possible. Easy. <laughs> all right. Hey, Ryan, thanks for being on the program. Thanks for having me. Uh, on behalf of Kevin Corhorn, Ryan Fair, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated. Give house. I can't. That one stuck right by yeah, me. I was I like, I just say house. <laughs>